On that day, I didn't listen to my parents and decided, without waiting for them, to go visit my grandmother in the nearby neighborhood by subway. I just wanted to show a little independence. And it's hard to constantly be under your parents' control, especially when you're a teenager. The subway was crowded and stuffy like never before. And when I entered the car, people started crowding around, crushing me. I tried to stay on my feet, so all my strength was thrown into maintaining my balance. But it was extremely difficult. Everyone wanted a better spot. Suddenly, I felt my head spin and my vision started to go dark. Usually, this means only one thing. I have only a few minutes to save my life. I needed to act as quickly as possible, otherwise, otherwise I'm finished. And that is why there is usually a parent next to me. But this time, they weren't there, which meant that I was the only one around who could save my own life. But how could I help myself when my life force was leaving me with every passing second? I tried to scream and ask others for help, but my voice faded into the noise of the crowd and no one noticed me. Then darkness fell and I lost consciousness. Somewhere in the distance, I kept hearing the voices of the people around me, but they also subsided over time. Did help not arrive on time? Was I at the finish line? But suddenly, someone in the crowd shouted that he was a doctor. Hello everyone, my name is Beverly, and I have to live on an IV. I am completely dependent on it. And as soon as the supply of medicine to my body is cut off, the countdown begins. I will only have a few minutes to save myself. And unfortunately, sometimes I'm right on the brink. When I was born, after five minutes, my face turned blue and I stopped breathing. Fortunately, the clinic had excellent neonatologists who quickly brought me back to life. But they had to understand what was wrong with me and prevent this from happening in the future. However, it wasn't so easy to make a diagnosis. And from the first days of my life, I was on the paper-thin line between life and death almost every day. Eventually, I was sent to intensive care instead of getting to go home. I had to spend two whole months there. As a result, the doctors managed to explain something to my parents. They said that I was unique, but my uniqueness wouldn't bring our family any joy. And that was because as soon as the oxygen that I breathe enters my blood, it immediately thickens and coagulates. It sounded like I was being sentenced, not diagnosed. I was in the clinic for a long time. I was discharged a few months later, but there was one condition. My body had to continuously receive blood-thinning medication from an IV, and my parents had to strictly monitor it. Back then, they didn't even know what problems we would have to face. I began my most active age when I literally climbed everywhere I could reach and wouldn't sit still for a second. And of course, at some point, I was very interested in this tube sticking out from under my collarbone. And every now and then, I pulled it out, exposing myself to mortal danger. Mom had to completely devote herself to looking after me. She practically didn't take her eyes off me day or night because I was constantly at risk. But it wasn't enough to simply watch over me. My parents even had to complete medical courses so that if something happened, they could insert an IV as quickly as possible without making any mistakes. A separate horror for our family was other children. I was drawn to them, and they were very interested in me too. But they were also very interested in pulling me by the tubes sticking out of me. 
Therefore, my mother didn't retreat a single step from me and sometimes protected me from overly inquisitive children. I didn't understand why I wasn't allowed to go to kindergarten, why I wasn't allowed to play tag, or why my mother followed me everywhere. By the time I was old enough to go to school, I began to seriously freak out about this and even went on strike against my parents. Once, I deliberately pulled out the IV, breaking the system. That time, I was rescued at the very last moment. At school, like everyone else, I had friends. But some kids openly disliked me because of my oddity. Some kids laughed at me and called me names. But I'm pretty tough and adapted to it quickly. However, this didn't protect me from serious problems. Once, my classmate Sarah decided to make fun of me and pulled out my IV on purpose. Then she turned on her stopwatch on her phone and started counting. I felt the strength leaving me and tried to run out of the classroom, but Sarah tripped me and I fell. That case could have been fatal, but fortunately my friend Alexa entered the office. They immediately called the school paramedic for help and I was saved. However, problems due to prolonged oxygen starvation couldn't be avoided, and I ended up in the hospital for a whole month. Do you think Sarah regretted what happened? Not at all. When I came back to school, she said that she only regretted that Alexa entered the classroom too quickly. She wasn't very happy to see me at school again. Why? Because my grades were a little better than hers. After returning to school, I studied there for a couple of months. But after another situation where my IV came out, my parents decided to transfer me to homeschooling. It was hard for me to accept this, but I understood that it was for my own good. Once, my parents and I took a risk and decided to go on a small trip, although my health made it very undesirable to do this. Our path lay through the mountains, and everything seemed to be fine until we came to a rock I wanted to take a photo on. I just had to climb up a couple of meters, and at first glance, it wasn't dangerous at all. However, at some point, my foot started slipping off the rock, and I started falling. The height was small, and I hoped that I'd manage to get off with a slight fright, but I wasn't so lucky. As soon as I got up and dusted myself off, my mother noticed that in place where the bag of medicine was attached to me, my t-shirt had gotten wet. With horror, we examined the bag, and it turned out that when I fell from the rock, it had gotten damaged. Now the liquid my life depended on was rapidly leaking out. My parents immediately began to look for a spare bag. There was always one nearby, but this time, they couldn't find it. And when we rummaged through the whole car and all our things, we realized that there was no medicine and that all we had left was what was in my damaged bag. We were seized with horror because the nearest town was about three hours away. And for the current situation, that was very, very far. We immediately hit the road. Dad was driving and did everything he could to get us there as quickly as possible. Mom held the bag in her hands so as not to lose such an important and valuable liquid. I was very scared. And because of this, I breathed faster than usual. That meant I went through the medicine even faster. At some point, when it was about half an hour to the settlement, my vision started going dark. This was a very bad sign, and my mother announced with horror that we were out of medicine. 
Our panic was growing and we didn't know what to do because every second was critical. Fortunately, I was very lucky. My parents quickly figured out what to do. Mom called a hospital located in the nearest city and asked an ambulance with the necessary medicine to come meet us. In the meantime, I was slowly losing consciousness. There was a terrible humming sound in my ears. Black spots danced across my vision. I felt weaker and weaker. I understood the danger I was in and even started whispering goodbye to my parents. I just didn't believe that they would save me in time. However, after 10 minutes, our car and the ambulance finally met. At that time, I practically didn't show signs of life, but I was still conscious, even though things were foggy. I remember everything as in a dream. The doctors replacing the bag of medicine, my parents' terrified faces. Then my strength began to gradually return to me. I felt it with every cell of my body. My parents cried with joy that it worked. I asked them not to worry, because the worst was over. I promised to be more careful in the future. After that incident, I again went to the hospital for a couple of weeks. And when it came time to be discharged, they told me that the doctors had one piece of news for me and invited my parents and me to the chief doctor's office. We were very nervous and could only guess what would be discussed. And what we heard was definitely something we couldn't be indifferent about. The doctors said that they had invented a completely new medicine, especially for me, which has no analogs in the whole world. And now, to live, I won't have to constantly go with an IV, but it will be enough to take the pills that they will give me twice a day. I cannot tell you how glad I was to hear that. Just imagine all my life I've had to constantly carry bags and needles with me. I didn't think that one day something could change, and this news sounded incredible to me. Of course, my parents and I agreed without hesitation to start testing these miracle pills to find an individual dosage for me. After all, it was better to take a chance and then perhaps regret it than not dare and regret it all your life. So the most important step in my life was ahead of me. We spent about a month on testing, and in the end we discovered that the tablets worked and we managed to find the correct dosage on the second try. I will never forget the day when I joyfully pulled out that IV with my own hands and didn't feel the slightest bit of fear. 14 years of living on an IV is now just a thing of the past, an old nightmare. You can't imagine how happy that makes me. Have you ever noticed someone in a crowd who needed help? Did you help them? Share your responses in the comments.